We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, hey folks, and welcome into episode four of the Hook'em Hoops podcast. I'm Tommy Yarsh. He's Jason Kinander. Thanks for joining us, talking some Texas hoops after a fantastic two games of the Empire Classic out in New York City at Madison Square Garden. Texas splits the games between Louisville and UConn. Jason, let's go ahead and start with this UConn game. Uh, we learned before, right before tip-off, that Caden Shedrick was not going to play. Texas keeps him out as a precautionary measure due to his shoulder injury. He took a couple of tough hits there in that Louisville game, so not really surprising, but they waited until the very last minute to pull him from that game. And, you know, if they take him out, you kind of think, well, with UConn's size, man, this is going to be a game that they're just going to run away with. That was not the case. Texas able to hold on. They only lose this game 81-71. to Now, I'm not a moral victories guy whatsoever. A loss is a loss, and that's Texas's first loss of the year, but... If you're Rodney Terry without two big men and you're playing small ball basically the entire game, you take a 10-point loss to the reigning national champions any day of the week. I think that said a lot about this Texas team's grit and their ability to stay within games. They cut that lead down to as much as, I believe, five or six. And you know, they're in striking range with five minutes left to play. And then really down the stretch, Alex Caravan hit some really, really tough shots that, you know, you kind of just – Man, you, you sink your head when you see those goes in if you're if you're a head coach and if you're a Texas player and you just got to live with it. But they hung around against a very good UConn team. Donovan Klingon got into early foul trouble, so Texas takes him out of the equation, and that's huge considering his size. Um, but you know, still the UConn bigs were able to to handle their business down low. Jason, your thoughts uh, from from the ten point loss for Texas against the Huskies? Very impressed with the effort, especially like you mentioned, Caden Shedrick ruled out of the game right before tip-off, which I thought was very smart for Texas. Shedrick went off yesterday against Louisville. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But Shedrick had a great game yesterday, looked a little winded, also banged up the shoulder that he was working on all offseason. So smart to hold him out of the game. But I agree. thought UConn was going to run away with this one. It looked like that very early on. Texas gave up some open looks that UConn was able to hit. But as the second half rolled, rolled along, it was really about Texas playing with that intensity. UConn couldn't match it. And Texas was able to throw different matchups out there, different combinations. Ithiel Horton gave a big burst of energy in the second half. 
Kendall Weaver had some very exciting plays. The defense of Zarek on Yeman Brock Cunningham at times was very important for Texas. And it's worth mentioning the performance that Tyrese Hunter had putting up 13 points, seven assists, and five rebounds. He had a great all-around game, heated up in the second half. Texas is really going to need that, especially if Hayden Shedrick's going to be off the floor at times and Dylan Sioux being out. We'll talk about Sioux here in a little bit, but I was all around very impressed with the effort from Texas. The guard play needs to improve. It needs to be a little bit more consistent. You'd like to see Max Acemas hit some of those tough shots that he's going to take. I think a good rule of thumb is don't take anything that you're not take, that you're not practicing. And if Max Acemas is practicing those difficult shots that he takes, he should be making them. Some of those turnaround looks, three-pointers over much larger defenders, um, just would really like to see him improve there. But Dylan Mitchell had a great night, and you have talked very highly of Dylan Mitchell in our first couple of episodes. What did you think about his performance? He had a career-high 21 points, also pitched in eight rebounds and a couple of assists, two blocks as well. Yeah, well, this was the game where Dylan Mitchell needed to have a career night with Texas not having Caden Shedrick and Dylan the Sioux, and he goes out and does just that. In fact, I think the Longhorns should have probably given him the ball a little bit more down the stretch, he was dominant on the offensive side of the floor. He was great one-on-one. We haven't seen Dylan Mitchell play a lot of one-on-one ball during his time yep. at Texas, but he was good with it. He was hitting the turnaround jumpers that you kind of cringe at a little bit when you see him just because we're not used to seeing him taking those shots. And then, you know, really the nitpicky thing for me was the one three that he had from the left wing. That was a horrible shot selection, in my opinion. You know, we saw the draft combine video of him making threes. He hasn't done that yet at Texas. I think there's a lot smarter options there for Dylan Mitchell other than I think you pass up that three in retrospect uh, and I'm sure he's knocking himself for that too but he still shot the ball really well he goes nine of 12 from the field three of five from the line really Texas as a unit you know you'll take 76.9 percent from the line I guess but you really want to make those couple of shots you know if that that extra three points makes this a seven point ball game at the end instead of 10 and at some points in the game it could have made it a three-point ball game instead of a six-point ball game but you know that's always situational too nonetheless like you mentioned Jason uh, uh, the best game that Dylan Mitchell has had is a Longhorn by far and if he's able to stack up these kinds of performances for Texas good things are going to be able to happen now what I really raise my eyebrow, really, I think this entire weekend, or I, well, I guess it's a mon- Monday when we're recording this, so end of the start of the week is the Texas backcourt is really struggling. Uh, and Max Acemas specifically is really struggling. He was brought in to knock down the threes and knock down the shots and put up a bunch of points for Texas. Well, against Louisville, he goes six of 19 from the field, two of 10 from three, and against UConn, Tonight here on Monday night, four of 14 from the field and two of five from three. Now, he started to come on a little bit at the start of the second half, knocked down two big shots to get Texas on a little bit of a run uh, out of the gates. But overall, he's really struggling. And, you know, that's a five games into the season now. It's a bit concerning considering, you know, we've got Marquette coming up in a really big non-conference matchup and, Big 12 play is creeping up on us, man. So Max Acemas, you know, what I've noticed from his playing days at Oral Roberts and now what we'll probably see here at Texas is when he's hot, he's really hot and it's very hard to stop him. But when he's cold, he's really cold and you're going to have to look other places to get some scoring. You know, what stood out to me is from him offensively, 
obviously UConn draws out the double team. You're going to see a lot of teams do that this year. Texas mm-hmm. needs to scheme around that. They need to get guys open on the wings in the corner at the top of the key to knock down shots when that double team attention is drawn by Acemas. They kind of did that a little bit more in the second half, but yeah. you need to get guys like Tyrese Hunter open for those threes because he can make them. You know, maybe Kendall Weaver, who I think earned himself a lot of minutes tonight or should have earned himself a lot of minutes tonight with his intensity on both sides of the floor. Get those guys open who can knock down the three. You know, Aceves is a great three-point shooter, but so are those guys. So if he's double-teamed, you spread the ball around and and make the defense rotate. And then if, you know, Tyrese Hunter is having himself a game or Kendall Weaver ends up having himself a game or IT Horton ha- ends up having himself a game, maybe Max Aceves doesn't get double-teamed, and that's what you want for him. You want him in that one-on-one position, maybe try to screen him onto a big man so that he can make his way into a shot. But yeah, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, and I thought that Ifiel Horton and Tyrese Hunter did a really good job in the second half of creating their own looks. Hunter was scoring off the dribble, driving to the basket. He had that really big dunk before the under-eight timeout, I believe it was, in the second half. He looked really good, and Tyrese Hunter did that down the stretch his freshman year for Iowa State, kind of took over. And until Texas gets healthy, they're going to need somebody other than Max Aismas taking over down the stretch. Like you mentioned, Aismas is really struggling. He's not hitting shots that he usually makes. He's not taking particularly good shots. And you're right, when Texas gets doubled, when Aceman gets double teamed, especially by much bigger defenders, Texas is going to need to scheme around that. Brock Cunningham, for the most part, did a good job and does a good job of knocking down open shots. But I think Texas right now is still looking for that guy who is going to take over when Aceman isn't isn't hitting these shots. I mean, Tyrese Hunter did for a little bit. IT Horton did for a little bit. Dylan Mitchell did when he had the ball in his hand. Maybe Texas needs to give Dylan Mitchell the ball more. I actually think, though, Texas could have answered this question yesterday with Caden Shedrick. He had a massive game. We're going to get to this Louisville game in a little bit. Another thing that I want to point out, though, you talked about Kendall Weaver. I agree, man. I think that he earned himself some big minutes, maybe even as the sixth man on this Texas team. He needs to take more shots, in my opinion. He had some open looks that he passed up. He's looking to take it to the basket, which I love. You love the aggressiveness from a young player. But he shot the ball incredibly well last year. And I think that if Texas can get him some of those open looks that other players are getting and not knocking down, they might be in a better place. They really might. And I think that Rodney Terry is starting to figure that out, putting Kendall Weaver in with less than 10 minutes into the game. We didn't see that yesterday yesterday against Louisville. Saw no, today against UConn. You know, Kendall Weaver, what stood out to me the most was – and I, I'm going to go on a limb, don't quote me on this, but I believe it was Samson Johnson down low for UConn, who had a phenomenal game, by the way, for yep. the Huskies. Uh, he had the ball down low. Texas is playing small ball all game. Who gets a stop on him? Kendall Weaver. There is a <laughs> massive size difference between those two. That should be an easy bucket for Johnson, Klingon, or any big man that you put in there. But Kendall Weaver's intensity gets him that stop. He goes down the other way. Gets his shot absolutely smacked off the glass, but who's there? Dylan Mitchell to finish it. He makes plays on both sides of the ball, even when he gets rejected on the other side. Dylan Mitchell's in the right spot. So this is a guy who, when you look for the bench for somebody to give you that jolt of energy, Kendall Weaver has been that, and he showed that tonight against UConn. So I would love to see him get some more minutes. Maybe not necessarily the sixth man just yet. Uh, And, you know, I think he he comes in maybe seven right around now. Um, just because I think, you know, if you bring IT Horton off the bench, I like that more. But maybe you bring IT 
and Kendall in at the same time, and you let Max and Tyrese have a little bit of a breather. And that that is just, that could be a good jolt uh, for the Texas offense, depending on what the starting lineup is with or without Caden Shedrick and Dylan DeSue. I've got another the- question. Go ahead. What do you think Texas should do defensively with some of the mismatches that are being caused by Max Aismas? Because yesterday against Louisville, it was a problem. He could not guard Sky Clark, and he could not guard Trey White. And the guards in the Big 12 aren't going to be getting any smaller once we get into conference play. So what solution do you think Texas is going to have to come up with in order to uh, lessen some of these mismatches? Because Aismas is going to have to be on the court because of his shooting. He's going to have to be. And so Texas is going to have to adjust. What do you think they're going to do? Yeah, well, the thing that the thing that these past two teams have done to Texas is they try to take Max Acemus inside, and then that gets you the help defender down low, right? So it's going to be the Zerika and Yem, it's going to be the Caden Shedrick. Mm. But what that does is it leaves somebody open on the perimeter, and Texas is not rotating fast enough to be able to go out there and contest those shots. We saw it a ton tonight. That's why, you know, when you look at Utah, that's why Alex Caravan had four threes tonight. That's why Cam Spencer had two threes tonight. Those guys are just left wide open. And, you know, against a team with the shooting prowess of UConn, they're going to knock those shots down when they have the opportunity. Caravan missed some open looks, too. He he, he did. He shot, let's, this could let's be take a look. He shot four of eight from uh, three. Yeah, he was four of eight from three. He could have been six or seven of eight from three. He, he because all those misses were some open looks. Really open looks. And that's very concerning if you're if you're Texas right now. So the key to me is you have to make sure that your defensive rotations are spot on. If you're going to help Max Acemus in the low post, you have to make sure that the perimeter is just as guarded. So you have to be able to communicate well enough to watch for those backdoor screens or those screens in the low post to scheme a shooter open. You know, not necessarily, you have to decide very quickly on the spot, whether you go under or through a screen based on what the defender is giving you and what a team has done all night. So Texas has the athleticism to do that. I think they have the experience to recognize that now they just need to go out and do it. Uh, So defensively, that really is very concerning, but I think, you know, another concerning aspect of this game, and I'm curious as to your thoughts, Jason is seems like some of the rebounding has been a little bit lackadaisical from Texas. Now, Mm. granted, you know, they don't have the size right now, especially in this UConn game. And the numbers don't necessarily reflect it. I believe they were only out rebounded by one, by you by uh, Louisville last on Sunday night, but against UConn, forty to twenty nine and eleven to seven on the offensive glass, you know that just that's not going to win you ball games. If that number is yep. closer, then maybe this is a ball game. Maybe Texas wins this UConn yeah. game if they narrow that gap. UConn had so many second chance opportunities that you know you need to get guy, have guys get boards. Dylan Mitchell needs to be flying into the glass on every single play if you're playing small ball because he's the guy who can get you a rebound. Zarek Yemba is a strong dude. He needs to be boxing out a lot stronger if he wants to get those boards and Texas wants to corral the ball off the glass. UConn is an extremely physical and agile team that's going to be able to crash the boards. They play hard. They play physical. So yeah, I think 12 teams are going to be the same way. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You always appreciate Brock Cunningham for his effort. Um, he didn't really have it tonight. I think two rebounds in 30 minutes is uh, when when you're tasked with guarding the biggest man on the floor. I, I don't know. I think that, that that was maybe the discrepancy where you know, Texas comes in, they're much more undersized than UConn. It's like, how can we kind of tighten the gap between rebounding? And I think that the answer, if Texas were to have won, would have been Brock Cunningham. And honestly, maybe Zarek Onyema, too. He only had four rebounds in 30 minutes as well. So those guys, I mean, they played good on-ball defense, but you need to finish those defensive possessions with defensive rebounds. And UConn had some second-chance points. UConn was able to get to the line. Both teams shot incredibly well from the line today. UConn was 16 of 18. Texas was 10 of 13. So UConn made their opportunities, and it was a very good, well-officiated game. So um, not much to be said about that. Anytime the ball was in the paint, Texas did a good job of defending it. But I was impressed with what they did with Donovan Klingon. I mean, I think that this had a big night for Klingon written all over it. And between the foul trouble and just him overall being gassed and ineffective, 13 minutes and seven points and two rebounds. And I think that if you were to have shown me before this game that that's what Texas held him to, probably would have thought that Texas were to have won the game. So, you know, live and learn when Dylan DeSue comes back. And I think it's worth noting now that on the broadcast, Carl, Carl Ravitch on ESPN noted that Dylan DeSue was going through warmups today, running and, uh, that he said to him that it's a little bit more right now about getting into game shape and not as much about fully rehabbing or the in, the injury like needing to be cleared to play. So I'm I'm interested about when Dylan DeSue is going to come back now because we heard about a week and a half ago that Texas has heard, had heard some good news about his progress. Now we hear this. I think he'll he'll probably be back before conference play. If they get him back somehow, some way for that Marquette game, I think Texas will win with the size mismatch. Because yesterday, when Louisville's two bigs fouled out, Texas was able to use their size advantage in a big way. It arguably won them the game. And it was so refreshing to see because for the last however many years, Texas hasn't really had a size advantage on anyone. It's been since they had Kai Jones and Jericho Sims down low. Any last thoughts on the UConn game before we move over to yesterday's Louisville game? Yeah, uh, just, you know, encouraging. You, you know, a lot of question marks surrounding is Rodney Terry the guy? Can Rodney Terry win? He's had the talent in the past at schools like UTEP. Can he actually win at a high level? 
I think today we don't answer the question with a firm yes, but we take a step in the direction and say, okay, you know, he has he has a great roster around him now. If he's able to do that without arguably two of his best players and, you know, go head to head and down the stretch with the reigning national champions and a formidable size disadvantage for 40 minutes of that ball game. I think Rodney Terry has proven a lot of people wrong right now to start the season. So again, I'm not saying Rodney Terry deserves a lifetime contract or anything at this juncture, but nonetheless, he hasn't shown you any reason to doubt right now. And there's been, a, I've seen a lot of chatter about him on Twitter and I just think it's ridiculous so far, five games into the season. I think he's done as good of a job as you can ask him to. You take a four and one start to the season with two tough opponents in New York city any day of the week. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm impressed with Rodney Terry's start so far. Uh, now, we'll talk about this Louisville game now. That made me a little bit more shaky, but I think he, he won me back tonight a little bit. Um, you know, when you look at this Louisville game, Jason, you know, Texas shoots 46% from the field, 31 of 67. Okay, that's that's pretty good. You'll take that on, on most given nights. They went two of 17 from three. That's 12% for those of you who, who aren't math inclined like myself. And guess who took 10 of those threes, Jason? Max Asmus. So the three-pointers are, are, are not being spread around last night. I mean, when you look at the others who took threes, aside from Asmus, as I try to load it up here on the stats broadcast, um, you got Tyrese Hunter takes two, Caden Shedrick takes one, Kendall Weaver takes one, Ithiel Horton takes three. None of them made one. Max Asmus had the only two threes of the night for Texas on 10 shots. I mean, that's just not a winning formula. You know, I think this is a game that Texas should be very lucky and happy that they won. You know, you could say that Louisville outplayed them for a majority of the game. We've talked about the size advantage, even with Caden Shedrick in Louisville used the size to their advantage very well. I thought Huntley Halffield had a fantastic game for the Cardinals and they get him to foul out. That makes it a different ball game. Then Dennis Evans fouls out. And that makes it a different ball game too, because he was playing really well defensively. He had two blocks. So getting those guys out and then really just the overall dominance from Caden Shedrick wins you that game. Obviously Max Asmus had the buzzer beater and that's going to get all the attention, but I don't think that excuses the fact that he went six of 19 from the field. You know, obviously he hit the shot when it mattered, but you want consistency from Asmus if Texas is going to want to win a lot of ball games and compete with some of the best teams in the country. And going back to your point on Louisville, Jason, man, you, you were really confident in this game that, you know, Texas is going to win big. Louisville's horrible at basketball. Now, I'm not saying Louisville's like a tournament, you know, team and uh, a champion to be, but they've got some players on that team. And I think that they showed it last night. They really just need to put it together. Louisville did not have a bad game today against Indiana. You know, kind of a, one of those, again, heartbreaking losses for Kenny Payne and company. We'll see if they can finally piece it together. But it seems like they're heading in the right direction. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. 
$1,500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. Yeah, I was very impressed with Louisville. I think that I should start by uh, apologizing for my comments last week about the Louisville basketball program. I did not think that game would be close. And it was as close as it possibly could have been back and forth throughout. Texas wins 81 to 80 on the buzzer beater by Max Acemas. Very impressive shot by Acemas on a less than impressive night for him, which I think was a great was a great moment for him because he's really struggled to start the season. Tonight included the game against UConn, which happened after this game. Um, I I think that that should be what Max Acemas takes away the most from this New York trip because he needs to find his shot. And he needs to tap into his confidence. You want him to keep shooting. You want him to take keep keep, keep taking those difficult shots that he knows that he can make. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he made the shot that put Texas above Louisville. Man, that would not have been good to have an 0-2 stretch in New York City. Who knows what would happen against Indiana today. Um, but, yeah, Texas going 1-1 one one in New York City. The win against Louisville, this was a crazy game. Really a, a terrible defensive performance for most of the game for texas uh louisville turned the ball over 11 times and a lot of those the ball was just handed to texas i mean at one point there was a five and one fast break like that that was that, one of the funniest a- basketball moments i've ever seen and i think the broadcasting i think jay williams was about to lose his mind on on the broadcast like you know he went on for about 30 seconds about how that was inexcusable and he's right he's it right is. you can't have that yeah you you can't you can't have that texas you know, the scoring was not as spread out as it usually is. You had 27 points from Caden Shedrick in 27 minutes. I mean, he played so well that, uh, you know, he, he couldn't go tonight because of the injury. But he played through it yesterday. And 27 points on 11 of 15 shooting. He is the definition of efficient. And I cannot wait to see what this Texas team looks like with both him and Dylan DeSue in there. I really think when those two players are playing at their best, very few teams are going to be able to run with Texas in the Big 12. Ace Smith had a solid game, didn't shoot the ball so well, but he he made the only shot that really mattered. Brock Cunningham did not shoot a single three-pointer yesterday. This is a guy who last season shot 40% from three, and this, this season is shooting 57% from three, and he didn't shoot one yesterday. I mean, that is... Oh, when nobody other than Max Aces makes a three, you know, Brock, Brock's the guy who usually isn't going to shoot it unless he's open. And that's why he shoots so well from three. You need to see him shoot more of those three pointers, even draw them up for him because we're at a point now where he is by no means a liability with his jump shot. He's the guy that you, when you give him an open look, you are assuming that he's going to make it. And he's earned that trust. Texas needs to find him more looks. And I, I, I can't believe I'm saying that. But, yes, please find Brock Cunningham more looks. Defensively, Texas needs to improve. They were getting eaten up on the inside. Like you mentioned, Huntley Hatfield 
I wonder if Texas still wins this game if Huntley Hatfield doesn't foul out. I don't think so because he was making a really big impact on both ends of the court. He was really the only player that could hang with Caden Shedrick. Shedrick still played better than he did, but Huntley Hatfield was doing a solid enough job on him. Dennis Evans made a big impact. He didn't really play enough, though. The guard play for Louisville exposed something in this Texas team, though. I think this is a team that's going to really struggle to guard dynamic guard play by other teams. And I think that'll be a big problem against Marquette with Tyler Kolick and Cam Jones. I think those two players will go off. Certain teams in the Big 12, Houston, I think Texas will struggle with, with LJ Cryer and Jamal Shedd. I think that Texas is not going to have an easy time defending. Um... But when Dylan DeSue comes back, they'll be able to play bigger. And you hope that that'll make the on-ball defensive impact liability of Acemas a little bit less because when you have bigger guys out there, let's say they're going Acemas, Hunter, Mitchell, DeSue, and Shedrick, Mitchell can really guard positions one through five, as he showed tonight. So I think the Texas, you know, they might have a little bit more up their sleeve defensively. Like, you know, this isn't the full team. They're not fully healthy. But the guard play from Louisville, Tyler Johnson had a great game. 10 of 12 from the from the free throw line. Defense without fouling is another thing that Texas will need to work on. 31 free throws for Louisville yesterday. They were 27 of 31. Tonight, UConn, let's see, 18 free throws, not nearly as bad. Texas is a better, better job defending without fouling. Tommy, through, through these two games in New York City, who's one player that exceeded your expectations with how they came out this weekend? Kendall Weaver. That's easy. I mean, like I said, tonight, especially this guy earned more minutes. Here's the thing with me and Kendall Weaver and Brock Cunningham. And I, you know, I, I understand Brock Cunningham. I think he, he's extremely valuable to this team. That glue guy aspect is definitely important in college basketball. He's a reliable three point shooter, but if you're not going to let him shoot the ball like they did against Louisville, now granted he shot six threes or five threes against you, Connie made two of them. But if, if they're going to not let him do that, I think Kendall Weaver's a way better defender than Brock Cunningham is. So if you want an intense defender out there to give you a spark plug off the bench, put in Kendall Weaver. He can hit the shot from three. He proved that last year in, in college. Why, why wouldn't you give him an opportunity to do so here? You know, I think he brings a lot more intensity to the defensive end. He's very active. Now, granted, Brock Cunningham has done a great job on ball defending for Texas in his 80 years that he's played for the Longhorns. But you know, <laughs> and that's meant as a compliment. Um, but if Kendall Weaver is going to give you the same thing and the same shooting prowess, but he gives you that extra bit of intensity, then you got to play him first. And that's no disrespect to Brock Cunningham and no disrespect to the many people out there who now hate me because I am not intentionally disrespected Brock Cunningham. But if you have a guy who's given you more, you give him the opportunity, you know, and Brock Cunningham has been such a good veteran and good leader for this team that I think he's a guy who would be open to that and who would embrace that and try to take a guy like Kendall Weaver under his wing, teach him what he knows so that he can go out there and make a similar impact. But I love Kendall Weaver as a shooter. I think he needs more opportunities to shoot the ball. And he showed us this weekend that he plays phenomenal defense and he can guard he can guard a big man down low if he needs to. Not every possession, but if he needs to stop, he can be intense and physical enough to be able to do that for you. You know, very quick, twitchy, athletic dude who just finds a way to get the job done. Excuse me. So Kendall Weaver impressed me the most. I'll flip that to you, Jason. I'm curious if you had somebody, somebody else. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah, quickly, to your point on Weaver, he played the second most minutes off the bench for Texas yesterday. So obviously Rodney Terry thinks very highly of him. And I think that, you know, we keep kind of touching on it that Weaver should play more. And I think he will. I think that that's kind of what Rodney Terry's tipping his hand at. Now, I think one guy who really impressed me over the last two days was Dylan Mitchell yesterday. He didn't shoot it great. He didn't take some of his open looks, but he played well. He, he played physical. And that's the thing with this Texas team is they're doing a good job of playing physical. Even yesterday when the defense wasn't there against Louisville, Dylan Mitchell was a guy who was a presence inside when Caden Shedrick was getting beat up a little bit. Huntley Hatfield was getting the best of him down low. Uh, Dylan Mitchell is somebody who, who really stepped up, uh, had four rebounds, nine points, and then obviously tonight against UConn had a career game. And I really think if Texas was able to keep getting him the ball in the second half, the game might have turned out a little differently down the stretch. So Dylan Mitchell, when he came to Texas, he was one of the top five ranked recruits in the country. Tonight was the type of game that I think Texas thought they were going to have out of him. That is no diss to Dylan Mitchell. He has done exactly what has been asked out of him since he stepped foot on campus. What I'm kind of getting at more so is I think that the night that Dylan Mitchell had tonight can be something that is a little bit more of a custom for him down the stretch. I think that what we saw to Dylan DeSue last year when he you know, never really had those games where he'd have 20 points and 10 rebounds and then boom, out of nowhere, he has like five out of six games down the stretch leading into March. He just like blows up. I think Dylan Mitchell might have one of those moments over the next few weeks. The opportunities there, Texas has shown that they're willing to play guys. They're willing to feed the hot hand. They're letting Max Aismas take 20 shots a game. So if Dylan Mitchell is having good games, having good stretches, he's going to be able to shoot. Turnaround jump shots are looking great for him. He's finding open looks. Offensive rebounds creates for himself. I think that he has, you know, been every bit the player, the new type of player that Texas thought they were going to get when he decided to come back and not opt for the NBA draft. So that was really the the, the one player in particular. Of course, Caden Shedrick yesterday, that was an awesome performance we knew that he would put up bigger numbers than he had the past few years you know this is a guy who was ranked really highly in the transfer portal and people would always kind of be like oh like why is Ken why is Caden Shedrick ranked so high when he averaged what he averaged last year at Virginia um not a lot (laughs) yeah no he, he averaged six four and half an assist And everyone's like, how the heck is this guy a top 30 transfer? Well, that's why, because he just gave you 27 points and, you know, six boards. In the most time that he's played maybe in his entire collegiate career and especially after his injury. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, you kind of thought that the version of Caden Shedrick that we saw against Furman in NCAA tournament last year is a version of him that we we're going to get this year. And, I mean, so far when he's been on the court, it has been. I mean, what a revelation. And the injury situation with him doesn't sound too bad, which is great. Um, any thoughts about Texas? We don't have so much more to talk about on this episode. They're kind of entering an easy stretch of the schedule. Only two games over the next 10 days. They play six days from today against Wyoming at the Moody Center. That should be an easy one. Not actually, no, I shouldn't say that because we've seen, you know, these good teams dropping like flies. I mean, who did Michigan lose to the other day? Was that 
Like, oh, you, brother, don't don't put that on me. I don't remember. It was like Cal State Fullerton or something. Yeah, it's, it, it's just that, not looking good for some of the top teams. I mean, Kentucky went down the stretch against St. Joseph's Arkansas. today. Yeah, My national championship pick is souring <laughs> up quickly. Come on, Wildcats. What's uh, Kansas is okay. Kansas is doing well against Chaminade. The last time I checked, I was closer than you think. I mean, Colorado struggled with Richmond today. And then Texas plays Texas State 10 days from today also at the Moody Center. And then you get what, in my opinion, is the marquee game of not the non-conference slate against Marquette. We'll have time to preview that in a week or so. Any thoughts on this Texas team with a couple of days off now after the first, really the first road test of the year headed out to New York City? Well, one thing that Rodney Terry is going to be really happy about when he gets home and looks at the box score and probably already has, Texas turned the ball 10 Turned the ball over 10 times total this weekend. Four against wow. Louisville and six times against wow. UConn. Ronnie Terry said in the games beforehand that he wanted under 10 turnovers in, in total from Texas. And wow. he gets 10 total through two games against two really good teams. So that's something that Ronnie Terry's got to be really, 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 really happy with. And I think you build on that as a positive going forward. Now, the other thing that you get during this break, healthy. That's going to be yeah. the biggest part. You get healthy. Make sure that Kane Shedrick gets healthy, that he nurses his shoulder. Like you said, it really just seemed like he was held out as a precautionary measure because he took a lot of shots to that shoulder. So you just want to make sure that it doesn't get worse. That's going to be the biggest thing for Shedrick. And you can do that here with two games over the course of the next 10 days. Yeah, I'm interested to see what some of the younger players for Texas are able to do. You know, I think the key is, and I'll, I'll I'll go back to the younger players point in a second. I just want to touch on this while the thought is still fresh in my head. I really think that if Texas were to have made open shots this weekend, it would have made the weekend a lot easier. I mean, you mentioned the turnover stat. Texas moved the ball really well, and they were careful with the ball, and their strategy on offense was working pretty well. They were getting shots that they looked for. I think that if the players just stay in the gym, practice their shots a little more and shoot better, you know, Texas will be fine. I think that they'll they'll look at this weekend really as a positive. What I'm looking for, though, in the next two games is like, let's see more Kendall Weaver. Let's see more Chris Johnson. Let's see more Zarek Onyema. You know, let's get these guys who have looked good in limited action. Let's get them more minutes. Let's let them build some confidence because their roles will be more solidified in you know, their roles in the games against Marquette and LSU coming up next month are going to be more so what their roles look like come conference play. So let's give them the next two games to build up their confidence. Let's get double-digit points out of Kendall Weaver and Zarek Onyema because they're capable of it if you give them enough looks and enough touches. So I'm interested to see what Texas does in that regard. And, uh, yeah, overall, man, just a positive weekend for this Longhorn team, you know, beating Louisville, a game where they really didn't look the best a game that they really deserve to lose. They trailed late, were able to withstand multiple rallies from Louisville, win at the buzzer, and then to hang with UConn to pull within five in the second half against the reigning national champions. Texas has to really look at this weekend as a positive. Last year when they went to New York City, they lost to Illinois in overtime in what was a game that left a negative taste in the mouths of a lot of Longhorn fans. This weekend's a positive. Yeah, you know, I thought Texas looked really good this weekend. They have the easy two weeks coming up with Wyoming and Texas State. Tommy, any last thoughts before we get out of here? Well, you know, a lot of promising things to take out of the weekend. I think 
the most promising thing is something that we just touched on. Texas turning the ball over 10 times through two games. You know, if that can stay a consistent variable for Texas throughout the season, I think they can hang around with the Yukons and the Marquettes and the Kansases just because they're playing discipline, discipline basketball. That's so important. If they were turning the ball over, you know, 15 times like they had been earlier in the season, then UConn would have beat them by 30, just like you kind of thought they would when, you know, or I, I thought the same thing, to be completely honest with you, when Caden Shedrick was announced that he wouldn't play tonight. So being disciplined, especially as a unit with so many new pieces playing together and protecting the basketball is going to be really important. I thought they showed they can do that this weekend. Absolutely, Tommy. Great to talk to you as always. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners and viewers out there. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well, Tommy. Hope you enjoy the holidays back home in Houston. I'm back home in Chicago. Feels good to be home for a few days. Talk to you around this time next week after the next time Texas plays. Hopefully we'll have a whole lot more to talk about. All the best to you. All the best to everyone at home. Happy holidays. Have a good night. Happy Thanksgiving, folks.